Welcome to Integrative Nurse Coaches in Action, the podcast where nurses, healthcare professionals, and consumers come to hear from inspirational nurse leaders in health and wellness coaching. We cover the latest innovations, ideas, and breakthroughs from nurses who are shifting the paradigm of disease care to healthcare through the art and science of integrative nurse coaching. to Integrative Nurse Coaches in Action. This is Nicole Vienno, your host, and I am thrilled to invite Judy Fassone from judyfassone.com. She has been a nurse entrepreneur in private practice for 20 plus years. Her taglines are body, mind, nature. And her slogan, which is an incredible slogan, is self-care is health care. And fun facts, Judy is also a musician and a gardener. So we invite Judy. Welcome, Judy. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for inviting me to talk about what I love to do most in the world, nursing. Yay, nursing. Me too. And so I feel like we're just having virtual tea together. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'd love if you could tell us a little bit about why you got into nursing? I I really felt a long, long time ago, maybe when I was uh, eight or nine years old, that um, I was helping my grandfather at the nursing home and we were visiting and they needed help passing trays. And so my brother, who was a year older, and I got to pass trays to these elderly people. And I feel like at that point, I was so appreciated and they were so kind to me. I think that's where I got the bug, just to be able to help and give something back and then get that response from people that I think that's what sticks with me most. And then, of course, it's a it's a wonderful way to, uh, you know, to support yourself, you know, because there's so many options with nursing. And I've done a whole gamut of different types of nursing from uh, psychiatric care to community health to med surge to um, chelation therapy, which is an alternative care modality to um, movement, which is what I do now, the Traeger approach, helping people move more freely. And I think that all of that is uh, can be a just a big white board for anybody to create their pathway and do what it is they love to do as a nurse. I love this connection to nursing and being able to do whatever it is that you want to do, whatever you're passionate about. And your trajectory has been just that, you know, discovering what you love and then moving towards doing it. And literally, in your case, moving (laughs) Uh, because you are a Traeger practitioner. Yeah, I'm a somatic therapist, which means that we connect the body and the mind and we do that through movement and touch. And through communication, you know, we really help people learn how to say what they need and get what they need in a, in a way that works for them. Um, so in my world, the Traeger approach has been part of my life since uh, 1997. And um, I've gone all over the world with this. I was on the board. I was on Traeger International. And so I served in that capacity and many subcommittee meetings and many uh, dialogues. And I'm still doing that. I love it. We have uh, three or four meetings a week where we're talking, I'm sorry, not a week, a month, where we're talking about the neuroscience of Traeger and we're really amping up our language 
so that we can um, bring Traeger along into this time frame that we're in. Um, Dr. Traeger created this modality back in the late 60s, 70s, 80s and taught and um, started out at S1 Institute. I never really met him, but I've met the next generation of teachers that he trained. And um, I'm like the fourth generation of teachers now being trained to, to teach. But um, he really didn't feel like he could um, work on more than one or two people a day just because he was so into the sensation of it for himself and for that person. And, um, you know, so we're finding that everybody has a different way of making this work for them. And um, for me, it is really about doing sessions that are slow and uh, meet the needs of the person. They're very individualized. Sometimes we never get to the table because people want to move and that becomes the whole session. And some people there's uh, that I work with have a need to really share a lot of what's going on for them. And so I just go with the flow of that, but we can use the Traeger principles, whether we're moving, whether we're touching or whether we're talking with people. And uh, Traeger principles basically are, it's a questioning. It's like appreciative inquiry in the nurse coaching process where we're asking a lot of questions and we were so happy with whatever answer comes up. And then we use that as the next jumping off point. So appreciating the question, appreciating the answers that we're getting, that's, I think, is at the crux of nurse coaching. And so I have always felt as a Traeger practitioner that I was weaving in this other aspect of coaching, but it wasn't until I got trained as a coach in that second cohort that I, I felt supported in doing, doing what I was doing. So I really feel like the training itself catapulted me into a more confident place where I could do both. Um, and right after I got my nurse coach certificate, I was, I was teaching. Um, I had just jumped into a master's program in nurse education in addition to my private Traeger practice and um, was able to feel much more solid with the whole support of this coaching, you know, group behind me, more solid in the holistic nursing class I was teaching. And we would do coaching modules uh, so they could learn how to use their words differently. And I would supervise them just as an experience where they would do peer coaching in the classroom. And, um, and then also I was able to do a module on the Traeger approach every quarter because they, you know, nurses don't get to touch people as much as people need touched. You know, it's not, there's not space for that. And so in the holistic nursing class that I did teach, I was weaving in those two things that were so much a part of my growth and development that um, it just felt like after getting that certification, I was more confident and really expressing more of who I was in the classroom and also um, with my clients. So I, I think I got a little bit off track there with where I started, but that's, that's uh, it's, I don't even sometimes know where to start because this, you know, career is constantly moving and we have to follow where our heart goes. 
When one of the times um, I was with a woman last year and she told me something that I really took in and she said that at her age, she's not going to do anything that doesn't make her happy. And I really let that come in and I just decided, you know what, I'm going to use that as a way of checking in with what I'm doing and making sure that what I'm doing is really making me feel good. And if it isn't, I'm going to let it go. And that has kind of helped me to evolve in the last uh, couple of years into more of a, well, an instructor trainee for Traeger International. Um, I've wanted to do that for a long time, but now that COVID is here and I have more time on my hands and everything, I thought, well, I still want to do that. And it still makes me really happy to give sessions and, and to be with people and watch people grow and change that, um, and that's what's going to make me the happiest right now is to really get the support I need to, to go to that next level with my professional approach here. I think, I think the nurse coaching and the Traeger approach and all of those experiences I had previously have added to my repertoire of helping others heal and being that guide for them. So that's sort of where I am right in this moment. It's amazing that you are able to find something that fully supports you and your happiness as you've come to recognize and using the skills that you've learned as a Traeger practitioner and then incorporating it through the nurse coaching lens, that combination has has really helped you to find more purpose and more light and energy in your work. Yes, you know, the self-care is healthcare motto came from my uh, nurse coach experience with Inca. I don't know why, but, you know, I've always had this feeling that, you know, our healthcare system really is, in a lot of ways, is inefficient and, and not accessible. But and then there's also a lot of good to it. But I think that we overuse the healthcare system. And that's one of the problems. And so if people can look at their own self care as a way of not needing the healthcare system so much, that is going to help everybody. And so in the discussions that I was having at the training, it just became very obvious. I was one of 30 nurses and many of these were administrators and had been, you know, teaching the PhDs, uh, people that were a lot more, I thought were a lot more skilled than I was in many areas. But of that whole group, there were only three of us that were nurse entrepreneurs. And I knew what that meant. And I knew that I was good at it. And so all of a sudden, I felt like I was at the top of the class. And that gave me so much confidence because those other nurses, although they had all this knowledge of all these different specialties, I had this overarching umbrella about what it means to be in our body and really enjoy and, and what we're doing and also love um, ourselves enough to make those needed changes so that we have more energy and more joy and all those other things that come from having a personal uh, dedication to ourselves, you know. Um, so I felt, I felt really good about that. And I felt like that had been missing. Like I hadn't had the confidence that I needed to put the two together. I always had the science and the nurse over here. And then I had the trigger and the alternatives over here and coaching helped me to just really bring these things together in a way that worked for me. 
And I still really enjoy, enjoy writing about it. I have blogs on my website, you know, initiate newsletters for my clients. I'm writing, I have an online class in movement that's starting next week for eight weeks that I'll probably run again in the fall. But all of these things take preparation and, it, and it's using all the knowledge that I have from my training, of course, but it also is being presented in a way where people can individually make it work for them. And the coaching is a big part of that, where we really tune into how the person learns, how what motivates them, and what they really want as a goal, keeping those goals small enough so that people can be successful. And, um, and there's so much room in our world for change right now that um, if we start if it starts here and we get confident that we can change ourselves, we can reach beyond ourselves and then have an impact in a larger way. Starting with our own self and then extending it out outwards to help others find their self. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. That reduces the impact on the healthcare system in a, in a way that I don't think has been measured or can be measured yet. That would be an interesting research study, you know, you know, because if we're, if we don't have, if we have chronic illness and we are able to change that and become well, think of how many less appointments you're going to have with the doctor, how many less minute clinic visits or ER visits or, you know, so paying attention to ourselves and, and really becoming clean and clear and dealing with our stress and cleaning up our diets and moving every day will reduce the amount of time we need to spend in the healthcare system. So that that's where the self-care is healthcare came from. And my intention is that people rely less on the healthcare system and more on themselves for being well. And that includes food as medicine and natural, natural things that we can do at home. For instance, I have this chronic lung uh, infection that's going on now that I just found out about. So what I'm doing is I'm drinking, you know, I'm, I'm going to a, a pulmonologist. I want to make sure I'm going to go with that too. But I am also drinking uh, garlic and lemon juice and cayenne pepper three times a day in, in hot water. I'm uh, doing lotus root tea, which is a Chinese medicine for lung conditions. I'm going to have some help from my husband with cupping. He does cupping. Um, I've had, I've done two mustard plasters on my chest this week. So there are so many things we can do at home to help ourselves. And these are old timey things that have worked for others instead of letting things deteriorate. And, you know, we have to get into the right frame of mind to give ourselves the care and attention we need. Um, Sometimes we're overwhelmed. This has been an overwhelming year. Definitely we can amp up our self-care. I'm talking a lot about self-care. <laughs> it's good. I mean, yeah. self-care is healthcare, And I, I really do like that slogan. And as you say, when people are given the opportunity to take ownership of their health and well-being by potentially you know, working with a nurse coach, they then see what is most important to them. And the things that they're doing on a daily basis, you you spoke of all the lifestyle strategies, you know, movement every day, reducing stress, getting good sleep, eating for nourishment. I mean, all of those things that you do on a daily basis really have an impact 
on health or not so healthy. <laughs> Those discussions that that you that you speak of one to one or in small groups where nurses are helping people understand that they can be the authority over themselves and their health. And yes, we would utilize the healthcare system when necessary, but just as you spoke of if you do own yourself, likely you'll have less time to go see the physician or less use of services like testing or less medications. Right. And more autonomy, more self-efficacy over your own life. Yeah, there's a lot of options. And just because we've been doing it one way all along doesn't mean we can't change course. But we do need people to help guide us and make decisions sometimes about what the next step might be if we don't have that familiarity ourselves. So I think the coaching role is has it's just the right time for it in our in our culture right now. And, you know, telehealth has become really um, common now where when I was teaching, just I retired from that two years ago, uh, it was just starting like five years ago. It was just brand new. And we're trying to teach this to our, our student nurses and we didn't have as much information. But now all of a sudden, just like that, everybody's doing telehealth. And because of that, I have been teaching movement classes online and and have actually joined in on a number of them. And it is possible. And it's possible also for counseling. It's possible for a lot of things that you would think uh, wouldn't be comfortable. And I know a lot of people really don't like Zoom, but I have to say that the opposite of, of, uh, of not doing it, or you know what, what the effect is of not being on Zoom with people is it's definitely worth doing it and getting comfortable with it. Because I have people, as you said before, in my home, in my office with me. And it just makes my day 100% better because we are social beings and we need people in our lives. We need to see people and we need to see them moving. And we need to move with them, even if we can't touch them. So it, it's, it motivates us to do more when we're with other people. And I also hope people are getting outside, uh, regardless of what's happening. Um, you know, there's no reason why people can't go to a park and take a walk. You know, uh, there's just no reason why, you know, people would feel like they have to stay indoors. So I really, that's a big part of my um, coaching with people is to make sure that they're getting out there. I've even taken people out there myself and gone for hikes. And if they have issues with their low back, we might play for a little bit on a slope and, and help that person find better footing for whatever is bothering them while they're moving or, or if their knees are not working, you know, sometimes it's simple as, you know, find a way to step that doesn't hurt. So I say that they find a new way to move and all of a sudden the doors open and they're outside, you know, it's just simple stuff, but we have our blinders on a lot and uh, people that we work with that care about us can help us move beyond those blind spots. I love the visual of moving beyond the blind spots. Mm -hmm. And I know this is a podcast, but um, just for our listeners, <laughs> Judy <laughs> had both hands up by her mm -hmm. eyes, like, mm -hmm. um, like a horse, the horses have to only look in one direction. And with that, we cannot see to the sides 
Exactly. But once those are removed, then it's like, wow, a whole new world is presented and mm-hmm. possibilities open up. Yes. So tell us a little bit about how you see nurse coaching moving into mainstream. Yes. You know, when I first got out of the program, I immediately had a nurse coach interview with a physician's practice. I really thought, you know, this would be a really good thing for me to do. And I wanted to do it. But here's what I was told at the end. You're going to have five minutes before the physician sees the patient. And then right before they go out the door, you're going to get another five minutes. And I said, well, I'm not sure that's going to really work because we, you know, coaching takes a little bit longer than that. Interestingly, I have developed what I call laser coaching, laser Traeger for those people that are really, they need something right now and they don't have a lot of time. But at that moment, I thought, you know, this is, this is nice of the physician to, to allow a coach to come on staff, but I didn't think it was for me. So I did not take that position, but I think that is where the work is. I think that family practices need to have coaches, um, people that can support coaches that can support these uh, chronic diseases that they have, because that takes so much more time than just a five minute visit with a, or 10 minute visit with a physician. They don't, you know, if you don't feel supported, when you have to change something, you're not going to change. The way I look at that is the, the, the bigger the problem, the more support you need. So a coach is like a major part of your support system. Since I have been diagnosed with this lung condition, it's, it's basically it's COPD, which is uh, very mild right now, but it was in my family. I have a genetic marker for it. It turns out all these things happen. I was counting on my hands the other day, how many people are actually in my, on my team to help me with this. And there are nine people. And so if you have a, an issue that is bigger than you, then you need to find enough support so that you can change that issue. And I think in the family practice setting, as well as uh, nurses that are uh, in private practice for themselves. I think that is another place, but not everybody can afford that. So I think nurse coaches that are uh, fixed to the uh, traditional, more traditional care is going to be a, something that we're going to see more of in the future. Um, the insurance companies have already tapped into us because they know that they're going to save money if these people don't have to get a surgery. And so that is, uh, that's an important place too. I think um, a lot of times, just like with any other um, insurance benefit, there's probably a lot of limits put on coaching, but I'm not familiar enough with that myself. Um, but still, it's a good step in the right direction. So I, you know, I, I do not have an, a nurse practitioner, but I think nurse practitioners uh, would really benefit from getting this kind of training so that they, because I think they do spend more time uh, with patients in general than uh, a physician would. I think the information is really good and it's very, very much based on holistic nursing, which is also something that has come of age now. You know, we can't ignore our environment. We can't ignore what we're putting into our mouth or our mind. We have to really look at the bigger picture. We have to look at our relationships. 
And um, it's not just a one track, you know, fix this symptom anymore. I think the time for nurse coaching is now. And no matter, no matter what field we're in, I think it plays a role everywhere. Do you see a difference between a lay person doing health coaching and a nurse doing health coaching? Yeah, I do. I feel like, especially if there are uh, chronic illness issues for someone, uh, because a nurse can help interface with the medical reports, they can help person understand medication. They can help um, look at markers and also have research available. They know where to find the research, where the I think we probably could better assess a website that a person wanted to use as a resource. And maybe that would just be the top priority would be find a nurse coach if you have a chronic illness. But also uh, because people have a lot of information about alternatives, I think nurses need to be skilled in understanding the alternative medicine world and help people make decisions about that for themselves yeah, I think there's definitely a person who's trained as a health coach that is not a nurse is not going to have that science as well behind them. Um, and of course, then that would depend on how many years there's been a nurse. I mean, if it's a brand new nurse, uh, you know, I've been uh, supervising nurses who want to take the exam but can't afford to take the full program. And um, a lot of these nurses are already skilled. They've already been in the healthcare field for, for years and years. They're probably, they're already doing the coaching, but like me, they didn't really have any support behind them to, to encourage more of that. But I have yet to agree to work with somebody who hasn't been in the field more than five years. You know, and they, In fact, those people don't even contact us for coaching um, training usually, but but as a nurse gets older and has more years behind their belt, they also start looking at the healthcare system and their own bodies and saying, you know, I need to move on. I want to do something more fulfilling. This isn't working for me anymore for whatever reason. I think nurse coaches are generally more experienced, have a lot more knowledge about health than a, than a regular health coach training program. Yes. And I think nurses really need to promote themselves as nurses too. And I, there's been a lot of discussion about that because, you know, different states have different regulations. But, you know, once a nurse, always a nurse. I can't put this knowledge away. And this knowledge is so deep that it comes up when I don't even expect it. I mean, if I try to remember something, it's not there. But if I put my hands on a muscle, I've got muscle, bone, I've got all this stuff. And I can tell people, you know, all about how their bodies should move and and what's uh, where it's not moving. And, and uh, that just comes from somewhere. It comes from being around people and thinking about these ideas for years and years and years. So that intuition that we have is much deeper than a person without a medical training of any kind. Yes, thank you for your thoughts on that. Of course, we're not saying that lay health coaches are you know, that nurses are better coaches. It's just a different approach because of the nursing background, the science and the experience and the intuition, the wisdom that's innate. I, I thought of when you were saying, you know, it come, it's in your bones. It's, you know, it's you have all of this experience that you've accumulated over time. And that just 
flows forth as you incorporate all of um, the nurse coaching modalities and tools and techniques along with Traeger and along with your life experience Mm -hmm. that just flows right into, into the experience with the client or the community. So is there anything else that you'd love to share with us? Um, Yeah, I think one of the most common complaints I have from my clients and from nurses in general is backaches. And so I'm here sitting in my chair really slouched over, but I want to sit (laughs) up right now and kind of lead everybody, whoever's listening to this, into a little bit of some help for low back. And uh, especially if you're sitting a lot. So I want to think about our spine as a, a either a C shape or the opposite direction, which would be kind of the half side of a D. Um, so when you're sitting in your chair right now, if you can just kind of go into your mind's eye and kind of see what, what shape your spine has against the back of the chair. Now, if you sit up on the um, edge of the chair, you're going to sit a lot differently than if you're sitting slumped into the back of it. So as I'm sitting on the edge of my chair right now, I can roll my body forward so that I feel my lumbar curve. I'm not even, my upper body's not really doing as much as my pelvis. So just roll your pelvis forward and back a few minutes and just feel your lumbar curve going into a convex and a concave kind of state. Most people, when they sit in their chairs, their tailbones are not at the back of the chair, so they're not really fully supported. So I like to say, okay, sit on the edge of the chair, let's play with this first, and then we're gonna go to the back of the chair. So to really have good posture, we need to have our sit bones right underneath us so that our um, head and shoulders and the sit bones are all coming down, straight down into the chair. And you can just feel that nicely supported body because your sit bones are the what you're rocking on right now. You can rock forward and back and your head will come down and then your head will go back because your sit bones are really making all this movement happen. If you're sitting in a chair for more than 10 or 15 minutes, you're going to start stiffening up. Now, if you sit on the edge of the chair, you're naturally going to have more movement. But if you're sitting slumped down, that's a whole different, it's almost like things go very still. So I suggest to people that they get up on the edge of the chair first and find their movement and then slide your tailbone back to the edge, back to the back of the chair and see if you can still feel your sit bones and sit up with the support of the back of the chair. Don't sit halfway back and sit on the tip of your tail. You have to sit back on the sit bones and let your pubic symphysis kind of be in your awareness. So you're actually sitting on your on this triangle and then your shoulders can relax and your spine and your belly can relax. You can let your belly hang, which women don't like to do too much with that, but nobody's looking. And that helps also with that lumbar to to let go. So I would say that sitting and being aware of sitting, uh, moving, every 15, 20 minutes, even if it's just to switch to position, uh, you know, to kind of turn in your chair a little bit or maybe, you know, stand up and shake your tail and then sit down again. Um, so if I would offer that uh, to something simple, 
That would really be helpful. The next time you go to the dinner table and you sit down for a meal, I want everybody to look at how they're sitting. If you're sitting on your tailbone, change that right away. Hard chairs are the best uh, for practicing this. I remember uh, my sister, when I was very young, we were sitting in the pew at church and, and uh, she said that the chair was the best invention other than sex. I was very young. It was very funny. <laughs> the best invention they ever made was a chair. But the fact is that our couches and our soft chairs are really hard on us. So we have to pay attention to that. And computers, because we get our mind so connected to what we're doing, we forget all about our body. So somehow we have to have to remember that we're, our bodies need movement. We are meant to move. And it has to be done frequently throughout the day. So thanks for asking. I love it. I was exploring that, moving my pelvis <laughs> and finding my sits bones and my pubis, pubic bone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Sitting, sitting is not good for us for very long periods of time. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you for sharing that. Those little tidbits that we can incorporate into our day, um, you know, self-care. Yeah, and I'm happy to, um, you know, work with anybody on, on a Zoom call. If you've got a, a problem, an ache or a pain that just won't quit and you, you don't know what to do with that, I can help you with that. Great. Then, and how can people find you, Judy? JudyFasone.com. Very simple. And, um, yeah, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. I, uh, I'm happy. I love Zooms. And um, phone calls are fine, too. We can do a lot just talking to each other. Well, wonderful. You've also mentioned that you have a program coming up mm -hmm. and you're thinking about doing it again in the fall. Could you, yeah. would you mind touching on that a little bit? Soon? Yeah, sure. This is a, an eight-week movement class, two hours um, each week from 1 to 3 p.m. on Wednesdays. That time probably will move into the evening the next time. So just to give people a little variety. Um, but basically, we're going to be doing uh, similar things to what I was just talking about. But we're also going to learn the benefits of pausing, you know, the neuroscience behind pleasure and pausing, uh, the neuroscience be behind our reflexive system. And we do uh, use reflex response for self-care a lot for places in our bodies that are really just not in our awareness. We can heighten our awarenesses to our body. And so having a weekly class with some things to do in between little movement explorations and having you journal about your experiences will just enhance your self-care. So my focus is self-care through movement and I call it a moving meditation because uh, if we slow our movements down and really become more aware of how things are working. It changes our whole way of being in the world. So it's a great class. Uh, I've taught it. I've been teaching mentastics is what we call that in the Traeger world, mental gymnastics, because we use images for moving. If I ask you to put on a pair of wings and move your arms, that's going to give you a whole different feeling of movement. And now I'm moving my arms like wings because I said it. Uh, if you're listening to me, but um, 
it gives you a whole feeling of complete openness in your chest and ease and grace and, and it can change your mood. So some of these things are just really good for our mental health right now, you know, to feel pleasure in our body and not expect to get it from our community right now, because we can't be touched as often and we can't hug our families as often as we'd like. And, um, and maybe even people that you we're close to, you're not close to anymore. So a lot of a lot of social isolation has caused a lot of chaos in our bodies and in our minds. So um, I think having a weekly class is really important. Um, so perhaps uh, if you're interested in that, you can also send me an email at judyfason at gmail.com. And um, I'd be happy to have a conversation with you or a session for 30 minutes on the zoom and let you know more about this wonderful judy know that people will be connecting with you um, to tap into your wisdom and your love of movement or your love of people <laughs> helping people feel better you know not just physically it's 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 more than that thank you very much for joining us today We look forward to seeing more of your success and how you're influencing your communities, helping people feel their best. Great. Thanks so much, Nicole. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you so much for your generous time and support of our inspiring Integrative Nurse Coaches in Action. Please share this episode with a colleague, leave us a five-star review, and follow us on social media. We look forward to keeping in touch with you. Remember to breathe and to rest.